0: Hello, and welcome to the first episode of Let's Talk Ringette. I'm your host, Robin Gillespie, and today's topic is all about coaching. So let's get right to it. Coaches are obviously a huge part of ringette, and they don't just teach the game. They are mentors, advice givers, skate tires, and often they are parents. The vast majority of coaches across amateur sport in Canada are volunteers. In ringette... Coaches probably started coaching because they have a child who plays the sport or they played in their earlier days and they've transitioned into that coach role. We're doing this episode on coaches because National Coaches Week is September 22nd to 30th. It's a week to celebrate the tremendous positive impact coaches have on athletes and communities across Canada and we can take that second to say thanks coach. Yay! We should add that the NCCP, that is the National Coaching Certification Program, has free online training during National Coaches Week, and more information about that can be found at coach.ca, and there will be a link in the show notes to that webpage as well. I'm here with Bronwyn Harvey, Ring at Alberta's Coaching Coordinator. She has been a coach in Edmonton for many years and is also one of Ring at Alberta's NCCP coach developers. Hello, Bronwyn. Hi. So as mentioned, Ringette coaches are volunteers and obviously they can't just walk onto the bench at the beginning of a season um, with no training. So explain the courses that coaches need to complete in order to be able to coach a team. So
1: there's sort of two different streams based on sort of age uh, and division. So the first one is Community Sport Initiation or CSI. And that's for coaches at U12B, U12C and U10. And it's a one day course with one on-ice session and then for the older athletes uh, U12A and U14, U16 and U19, it's called Competition Introduction and it's a two and a half day course with two on-ice slots uh, and it focuses a lot on the skill and strategy development.
0: What does a coach learn in these courses? They're going to learn a lot
1: about skills, ringette specific skills, uh, how to teach them, how to use games to teach them. They're going to learn about strategies and tactics, season planning uh,
0: and a whole lot more. Okay, so besides from the sports specific courses, is there anything else coaches need to do to become certified?
1: The way that Ringette Canada and NCCP have uh, sort of adapted or changed over the years, there's also a section called Making Ethical Decisions, also known as MED. Mm -hmm. And then that is now an evening course, uh, three and a half hours, and then you have to do an online evaluation on the NCCP website. It used to be that this MED course was part of the CSI or the CI. Mm. So some people did it then without taking the actual standalone course, and Mm -hmm. it's been separated out now. Coaches only ever need to do the MED once. Okay. And if they've done it with a different sport, like soccer or lacrosse or badminton, I don't know if they need it, it still counts. Brand new coaches need to do something called the Coach Initiation E-Module, and it's a one-hour online course done through NCCP that is basically a broad overview of of what it's like to be a coach and what some of the important things are. Mm-hmm. So um, those elements are all part of becoming a certified coach.
0: Um, and where can coaches check to see if they've got all their modules or if they've completed all their courses? Is there a way for them to keep track? There's a couple of places. Um, so if you go to coach.ca and
1: um, then there's something called a locker and everybody who has an NCCP coaching number will have a locker account. Um, If they aren't sure what it is, there's ways to reset their emails and passwords. And you can send an email either to coach.ca or to me at Ringette Alberta, and I can look it up or reset it. And then Ringette also keeps track of things on coachingringette.ca. So on the Ringette Canada website, there's a tab for coaches, and you can log in there and it shows that's how you register for courses. So I think they're trying to find a way to meld those two together. But for the time being, you kind of have to keep an eye on both of them.
0: And where can coaches find more resources once they finish their courses?
1: So, Ringette Alberta is working on generating a lot of new resources to try and support our coaches. Um, Ringette Canada does, on their coaches page, they have, uh, I want to say it's a resource tab or a coaches hub, something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, and they do have some pre made practice plans and some drill ideas. Um, coaches all got a drill manual when they went to their coaching course. And I mean, doing some general searches, you can find some drills. Talk to other coaches in your Uh, association maybe more experienced coaches talk to some of the players if you have a female player coach with you or a junior coach talk to them they've had lots of great drills in their practices and would probably have some really great ideas Um, and yeah so ring Alberta is developing a coach resource page that we're hoping to group some of these things together to make it really easy for the coaches to find stuff Um, Do those coaching courses ever expire or does that certification ever expire? So certification needs to be maintained. So the NCCP has a policy for maintenance of certification, um, which is achieved through um, professional development points or PD points. And it has, it has to do with this lifelong learning. So Mm -hmm. it's the idea that you as a coach, you're trying to be at your best for your athletes. Mm -hmm. So we understand that, you know, coaching courses take time but really what you need to think about is the amount of time that coaches spend with their athletes and how much you want those people to be at the top of their game to do the best for your child. Um, and that's really important and that's really what it's all about is the athlete. Mm -hmm. Um, so NCCP has a five year cycle to renew your certification. So you don't necessarily need to, you don't need to redo the courses you've already taken, but you're expected to, to accumulate a certain number of points in every five year cycle. In order to renew mm-hmm. so for example for the CSI level you need to get 10 PD points every five years mm-hmm. you can get uh, you can self-declare in your locker account um, you can get one year one point per active year of coaching in that five years so up to a maximum of five points so there's half your points for CSI mm-hmm. if you coach for five years mm-hmm. there's a couple of easy modules um, there's ones that you can do in person there's some online ones Um, there's suggestions at, uh, on ring at Alberta's, uh, website. Mm -hmm. Um, and then there's some that you could also find on coach.ca. Some of it could depend what you're interested in learning about. Mm -hmm. There's, um, a great free online module for concussions Mm -hmm. and concussion awareness called making headway. Um, there's one about coaching athletes with a disability. There's, uh, I think leading drug free sport. Mm -hmm. There's ones about injury prevention. Mm -hmm. Um, like I said, some of those are, are in class as well. Um, and so, and those are not necessarily ring out specific. Either. No, exactly. Good, good point. Yeah. They, they are almost never ring at specific. Mm-hmm. Um, there's like some things that are done, uh, coaching a female athlete. There are some seminars that have been done that have people have been, been brought in to lead those for a, a CI. So a competition introduction, you have 20 points that you have to get over five years, mm-hmm. but there's, there's lots of ways to do this. And, uh, NCCP feels, um, that this is their policy and they want coaches to not just stagnate. And, you know, y- you want somebody who was, who learned how to coach 30 years ago, coaching the same way that they did 30 years ago. It it doesn't make sense. We we need the, the game is adapting 30 years ago. There wasn't a shot clock in Rihanna. Yeah. So the game has changed so much and we need to make sure that as the game continues to evolve, that our coaches are also seeking out more knowledge and, um,
0: being the best that they can be, just like the athletes are learning skills and trying to be the best that they can be. Mm -hmm. Agreed. And I'll add that we'll provide links to all these resources and everything we've talked about in the show notes. Um, It should be in the bottom of your whatever podcast app you're listening on. Totally. Yep. We are here to help. So often coaches are also former players, um, and some may want to start coaching when they're still playing U16 or U19. Do those people also have to go through the CI, CSI system? So there's a, a couple of different ways they can do it. You cannot
1: become a certified coach until you're 16. You can take the coaching courses before you're 16, but they won't show up officially on your transcript until you're 16. Um, to be eligible to be this female on the bench, female coach on the bench, you have to be 18. There's also a junior coaching program. Uh, so you have to be 14 to start, and you could join midway through the season once you turn 14, maximum uh, 17 when the season starts. So. If you're in those ages, the requirement for the coaching courses is a little bit different. You only need to do the coach initiation in sport and it's an e-module that takes about an hour.
0: You briefly mentioned in your last answer, someone might want to be the female coach on the bench, um, or the female on the bench, I think you said. And so just to explain to everyone, RingEd is unique from a lot of other sports in that we do have a policy of having a female coach on the bench. And this policy requires all teams to have one fully certified uh, female coach A female manager, trainer, junior coach, coach of training does not meet these criteria and that comes directly from Ringette Canada's website. Yep. And I mean, there's probably a more eloquent way to say this, but why do we have that policy? Why do Ringette players need female coaches? I think there's a lot of reasons for
1: that. I mean, there's a lot of women who grew up playing sports and you can relate to other younger female athletes in a way that um, men can't, whether despite their best efforts and having great male coaches. Um, it's really valuable for young girls to have uh, positive female role models. It's also a really great opportunity to provide some leadership opportunities to these women who want to be coaches. And a lot of them are former or even current players. And finding leadership opportunities for women is really, really important.
0: Yeah, I totally agree. And as a, as someone who's still playing, like I find coaches who were previously players i find i trust those female coaches just a little bit yeah more. absolutely like in, they know yeah. what they know what your life is like they know what it's like to be a teenage girl one they understand your life and two they understand that balance between school and yeah. ringette and everything else going on yeah like, and they've, they've lived that
1: they've played the game and they've had probably a lot of great coaches some great female coaches as well so
0: yeah absolutely pass it on obviously leadership opportunities are really important what do you feel are some of the barriers to coaching that maybe necessitated this policy or that Maybe some of the reasons we see more men stepping up traditionally.
1: So I actually did a survey of coaches over the summer and I was asking, and this was to all coaches in Alberta, male and female. And one of the questions was, what do you think some of the barriers are to getting more women stepping up to be on the bench? And some of it had to do with uh, family commitments, um, which is hard for everybody to balance. Um, some of them, a lot of them, uh, was lack of knowing how to skate and they were really worried that that was going to affect, um, their ability to be a good coach, um, lack of experience with ringette, which I mean, most of the men who are coaching, they don't have that either. Um, although probably in Alberta, more men know how to skate in general, Mm -hmm. a lot of women know too, but probably most of the men also know how to skate. So they're more comfortable on the ice. One of the big things that came up though, was a lack of confidence for women getting involved in coaching and I think that just stems from them not not knowing if they can do it and wanting to be perfect at it, but yeah, being worried that they're gonna fail. And so I just they they also worry about being intimidated by parents and by male coaches and sort of being overrun by that the the male, the men that are on the bench
0: with them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I've heard that a lot where the the dads that were coaching us were hockey dads originally. Yeah. And they think, oh, well, they've skated, they know more about the sport, but you're all on the same level, really. And I mean, especially if you all have to take the same coaching course. Well,
1: and even, I mean, women, I've, I've also tried to think about how we can try and um, recruit more women or give them more confidence. And so I'm looking at possibly interest in having a learn-to-skate program for some of these, uh, I'm going to call them ringette mums for lack of a better term. Yeah. Um, also, women who have been involved in basketball, if you play basketball and you can't skate... You could make a great ringette coach. There's a lot of the strategic similarities between ringette and basketball.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Defense tactics are the totally. same. Offense is similar idea, yeah. like a bit of a different layout. but yeah.
1: So yeah, I mean, the skating can change things, but there's people who can teach skating. If you're a good oh, yeah. communicator, um, there's lots of teachers, which again is a very demanding profession. But if they have the opportunity, if they're good at teaching, you can teach a skill. You can teach a strategy. So there's lots that's, that's out there that, Mm -hmm. uh, that, that women can do.
0: And yeah, I had a coach tell me that the best coaches don't just come up with stuff on the fly or in their dreams. They take from other coaches. Like someone's done this before. You're not by yourself.
1: I mean, as a coach personally, every once in a while I do show up and I'm like, Hey guys, I invented this drill usually to work on something very specific. Mm -hmm. And so I'll say, you know, I, I, Invented this drill, and they're all looking at me, thinking, "Uh oh, this could be good or this could be bad." <laughs> and sometimes yeah. they work great, and it's awesome. And sometimes I have to tweak it, and sometimes they're awful. So it's not that coaches can't try and make things work for them, but it's it's about coming from the right background for it, and not just saying, "Hey, I saw I saw the the Oilers do this. Let's let's try this hockey drill yeah. without modifying it to fit how the game is different." Yeah,
0: that's a good point. There are a lot of good skating drills, a lot of good hockey drills out yeah. there. Just yeah. Take a minute and look at them and maybe modify them see to make them they, a little more ringette-specific. Yeah, specific. see how they actually fit with
1: the strategy of ringette. So again, mm-hmm. look at lacrosse, look at yes. basketball, see how they set up for these things. And, mm-hmm. and if you need to adapt a hockey drill, just make sure you're adapting it.
0: Yeah, totally agree. So let's move
1: on a little bit of a different angle. Why do you coach? Oh, there's so many reasons that I coach. I, I've always loved working with kids. Um... I was a teacher for a while, and so the parts that I, the things that I loved about teaching are the things that I love about coaching, Mm -hmm. because you're essentially teaching. It's just a subject matter that I happen to know a lot about (laughs) and really enjoy playing. Um, I also think it's really important um, to try and be a positive female role model, Mm -hmm. Um, and there's lots who are also parents, and that's really great too, and I've just found that sometimes not being a parent uh, gives me a different perspective and a different um, way to relate to the athletes. Mm -hmm. Um, And I I love giving back to a sport that's given so much to me. I've had so many opportunities in my life because of ringette, and I I just hope to try and make that a positive and
0: uh, a a great experience for all these younger athletes. That's an excellent answer. (laughs) Thanks. (laughs) Let's talk about what makes a good coach. So, I mean, you don't have to be soapboxing yourself.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Well, I'm great because... Yeah,
0: I'm a fabulous coach. What are some traits of a good coach you've had?
1: Good coaches have been really knowledgeable, um, mm-hmm. especially at the higher levels. Mm-hmm. Um, I understand that you know being really knowledgeable isn't maybe the biggest necessity if you're coaching the younger ages. Mm-hmm. Um, finding a way to communicate well and break skills down is really important for the younger kids, and find, finding a way to help tweak what's what's happening with if they're making a mistake, help them out, and really be able to analyze what's maybe going wrong or what could be better. Mm-hmm. Um, Finding ways to make everything fun. So, yeah. finding as many games as you can to teach a skill, so the girls don't even realize that they're that they're learning something. They're just having fun with their friends. Mm-hmm. Um, I think great coaches are, yeah, excellent communicators. I think is
0: is one of the that key, one's really important key me. key points. Um, and I should point out, it's important to be able to communicate. Both to the players yeah. and also to the parents, so that everyone has sort of a clear understanding of the expectations for the yeah, season. Yeah, absolutely. You know, the goal. Like, if you're a new ten, your goal is to learn a lot of skills and have a good time and have fun. Yeah, have fun like, is a big one. Whereas, they might be yeah, most
1: looking forward to going in the pool at the hotel at a tournament.
0: hundred percent. That's what they're looking for. And that's to. that's fine. That's fine. They've they're still active. They're still, they're still enjoying the por- exactly. sport. Exactly. That's the right. important
1: part: is that active for life and making sure that they're enjoying it enough that they stick around. Exactly.
0: Whereas your your goal for being on a U nineteen AA team now that's very competitive. That's a completely different goal. You're not going in the pool at the hotel. unfortunately. No, unfortunately. <laughs> unfortunately, been there. But
1: I mean, your goal even even with that is still to make it a fun experience because you do
0: want these athletes to stay in the sport forever. Mm-hmm. You want them. You want someone to finish the season and want to come back tomorrow they don't want to have to wait the whole summer yeah exactly so um
1: great coaches i think are also uh leaders in how they uh interact with everyone the way they uh show respect for each athlete and Mm -hmm. show attention to each athlete get to know their athletes make their athletes feel that they're cared for and cared about and not just part of part of whatever the success is for the team that they're an individual and they're important Mm -hmm. um And respectful to the officials on the ice and the other team. Um, One of the things I think is important is to show sportsmanship and fair play. And that's something that sometimes people are way too focused on winning and they forget that, you know, there are other things. And yeah, people are competitive when they play sports. And Mm -hmm. yeah, winning is part of that. But that's not what kids remember at the end of the season. No. Um, They remember how their coach made them feel and they remember how much fun they had. So mm-hmm. that's you know a really important part of coaching. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, I think you already mentioned it. Setting clear expectations yeah. is really important at all levels, and I think part of it too that makes a coach even that step better is to get input from their athletes, even a nine-year-old, as a group. Say, what do you think is fair to do with, about this? Mm-hmm. What do you want to do? And having having that kind of input um, gives the athletes some ownership and keeps them more engaged because they feel like they're not just being told what to do mm-hmm. they're being invited to participate in this and yeah as a coach you can guide them absolutely and say hey you know do you think it's it's fair to go and trip somebody in a game and they'll say they know that that's not right
0: mm-hmm.
1: but yeah. but having some some input from the athletes really helps them feel like they're involved in their season
0: yeah absolutely i was in a in a coaching course recently and someone a coach said something on a similar note like keep those 9 year olds engaged even though they're nine. she said i told two people that the next practice they had to bring us a game or a drill next time totally she said it was sometimes they were super silly drills we got a lot of relay races but hey they were practicing all the skating skills we already knew and they had a great great idea actually
1: is yeah you can have have kids take turns picking the mm -hmm. warm-up or the warm-up game and yeah they get really excited about it yeah
0: well thanks very much for taking the time to be on the podcast today Bronwyn. Well, uh, I really
1: appreciate, appreciate you having me. Um, I also would like to personally thank all coaches who maybe you were voluntold, but for putting in the time and effort. Um, it's so important for those young athletes. And uh, I'm so grateful that you are taking the time to coach these athletes in a sport that has meant so much to me and I think to Robin as well. Yes, very Um much. And it's a huge, huge impact in a lot of uh, young athletes' lives. So thank you.
0: Yes, thank you very much, coaches. At the end of each episode, we'll bring you some quick updates from ringette around the province. This week, all three of Alberta's National ringette League teams, that is the Calgary Wrath, Edmonton Wham, and Black Gold Rush, will kick off their season in the Calgary area. Wham will be playing Wrath at the Great Plains Arena at 11.15am on Saturday. Then Wham will take on Rush at 6pm at the Fenland Recreation Centre in Banff. On Sunday, Rush will be in Calgary to take on the Wrath at the Northeast Sports Complex at 12.15pm. You can follow all these teams by searching for them on Instagram or Twitter. These games are held partly in conjunction with the Ring It On tournament being held in Calgary. This tournament will see U16AA and U19AA teams from around Alberta, the Lower Mainland, and Saskatchewan. Head down to Great Plains Arena to catch some up-and-coming stars in action. Team Alberta held a training camp in Shored Park in Edmonton this past weekend. There are 25 athletes under the age of 20 training to represent Alberta at the Canada Winter Games being held in Red Deer in February. They will travel to play against other provincial teams in Winnipeg over Thanksgiving. Also on Thanksgiving weekend, the Ava Esposito Memorial Tournament is being held in Calgary and the Turkey Ring is being held in St. Albert. Schedules for both of those tournaments can be found online. Let's Talk Ringette is produced by Ring at Alberta and created using Anchor.fm. I'm your host and producer, Robin Gillespie, and Sharon handles all our social media. Special thanks again to our guest for this week, Bronwyn Harvey. If you have any questions or comments regarding something you heard today, or you'd like to suggest a topic for a future episode, send me an email. Robin at ringatalberta.com is how you can reach me. If you enjoyed this podcast, please rate and review us in whatever app you're using. Contact information, new episodes, policies, and news can all be found at ringatalberta.com. Until next time, see you around the rings.